0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Yo, oh my God, there, right?
0: Chaos at the U.S. Canada border crossing near Niagara Falls, where investigators are still trying to determine how this happened, but say there is no indication at this point it was a terror attack. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us. We begin with the latest on that deadly car crash at one of the busiest U.S.-Canada border crossings in Ontario. Two
2: people in the car were killed and while early rumors swirled, officials say it does not appear to be terror related. Our Angela Jung is live at the Peace Arch crossing tonight. Angela, Rainbow Bridge was closed because of that incident uh, and the impact
1: was felt at many other crossings that we share with the U.S. Sophie, Chris, this incident sent shockwaves and there's been a steady stream of people heading south of the border here at Peace Arch and what's been giving some people pause is this deadly explosion at the Niagara Falls border crossing. There is surveillance footage capturing moments leading up to this dramatic crash. A speeding car is seen at the corner of the screen. HITTING A MEDIAN AND GOING AIRBORNE. NEW YORK'S GOVERNOR SAYS THE VEHICLE ENDED UP CRASHING INTO A CUSTOMS AND BORDER PATROL BOOTH ON THE AMERICAN SIDE AND THEN BURSTING INTO FLAMES. THE TWO PEOPLE INSIDE THE VEHICLE DIED. ONE OF THEM IS BELIEVED TO BE FROM NEW YORK STATE. A U.S. BORDER AGENT ALSO SUFFERED MINOR INJURIES. THE RAINBOW BRIDGE WHERE IT HAPPENED IS ONE OF FOUR BORDER CROSSINGS CONNECTING ONTARIO TO WESTERN NEW YORK. FOR A FEW HOURS TODAY, ALL OF THEM WERE CLOSED IN THE AFTERMATH of the explosion. The other three have since reopened. The governor says this was not an act of terrorism, but some at Peace Arch tell us they are rocked by what happened. That's sad. It's always sad during the
3: holidays. I'm not
4: really concerned about anything here, but obviously it's unfortunate. If it it was a mistake,
5: then it's something that it's a one off. The
3: world is watching to find out what happened here. And again, at a time when there's such high anxiety, Stress levels are already high, and we've been on heightened alert since October 7th. All right, Angela, the
2: FBI does not believe at this point that it was terrorism, but do investigators know what caused this crash?
1: Well, the New York governor described this massive scene. The vehicle incinerated, left with just its engine. Debris was scattered across more than a dozen patrol booths. So investigators will take some time combing through all of that evidence. The governor did come short of calling this an accident. She described this as a horrific incident. Sophie, Chris?
2: That it was. All right,
1: thanks for that. Angela Jung at Peace Arch.
2: Now a precarious situation and tricky rescue in downtown Vancouver after a collapse at a construction site trapped workers underneath fallen scaffolding. Grace Key reports.
6: It was a desperate effort to free three construction workers trapped under rubble in downtown Vancouver. It happened after a chimney collapsed, taking the scaffolding with it. You can see one worker pinned under the tangled mess, weighed down by massive blocks of stone.
7: They did cut uh, a number of scaffolding
4: pieces apart, uh, get them into clamshells, get them into um, that
7: metal container, basically. And extracted off the top of the building.
6: It happened just before 11 in the morning at the First Baptist Church on the corner of Berard and Nelson. The collapse happened on the roof of the church when one of the chimneys came down. One person who didn't want to be identified describes the scene.
1: We had a concrete truck pumping uh, concrete into a chimney and filling all the voids, and unfortunately, all the pressure built up, blew up the chimney, and toppled over a t- ca- scaffolding tower and guys were on top and underneath of it got pinned.
6: A construction crane was used to transport the patients to waiting ambulances. The Vancouver Fire Department's technical rescue team, police and construction workers all worked together to free the men. At least one was able to walk on his own. They were alert and suffered non-life-threatening injuries. According to the Habler Group, renovations and seismic upgrade work was being done when the chimney collapsed. A statement reads in part, We take the safety of our employees and the workers on site very seriously. We are working with WorkSafe BC and the city of Vancouver to investigate and are closely monitoring the care and recovery of the workers. Operations at the site have been suspended while investigation is underway. Grace Key, Global News.
0: 2 months after the prime minister spoke of credible evidence agents of the Indian government were involved in the killing of Sikh activist Hardeep Singh Nijjar in Surrey. The U.S. government is also demanding answers from India over an alleged plot to kill another member of the same group on
8: American soil. Aaron MacArthur reports. What started as a targeted attack in a Surrey parking lot months ago led to shocking allegations of international interference at the highest levels of the Indian government. The fallout continues with news revealing allegations of another plot by Indian agents to assassinate a prominent Sikh activist on American soil. We are... The Financial Times, the first to report that U.S. authorities have foiled a plot to murder Sikhs for justice lawyer Gurpatwant Singh Poonu. Poonu, who is a dual U.S.-Canadian citizen, has close ties to Hardip Singh Nijjar, the man murdered in Surrey in June. Go to India. Poonu, whom the Indian government considers a terrorist, declined a request for an interview, but did offer a statement. The foiled attempt on my life on American soil by the Indian agents is transnational terrorism, which is a threat to the U.S. sovereignty, freedom of speech, and democracy. So I will let the U.S. government respond. The news of the thwarted U.S. attack comes on the same day as Indian-Canadian relations seem to have thawed slightly. India has reopened e-visa services for Canadians. The applications were suspended earlier this fall when the Prime Minister pointed the finger at India for carrying out the murder of Hardeep Singh Nijar. The Prime Minister says Canada and the U.S. are working closely on both files. Obviously we
9: continue to uh, engage with India in hopefully constructive ways and we hope that uh, India will continue to take uh, these real concerns seriously.
8: The Sikh community in Canada continues to be vigilant against the threat they perceive coming from the Indian government. Several warnings have been issued to activists in Surrey in the wake of Nijar's death. But there are fears not enough is being done to protect their safety.
9: It does concern me that many of those who have been open about being on a hit list merely
6: got a knock on the door, knock on the door telling them um, your life is at risk and, and
8: that was it. According to a White House spokesperson, the Indian government is investigating the claims relating to Panun and will have more to say on the matter in the coming days. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
2: The provincial government is expanding the speculation tax, adding 13 more communities to the list.
8: But as Richard
0: Zussman reports, mayors and council from some of those cities say they weren't consulted, and being included in the tax is a surprise. Speculators in
4: B.C.'s hot housing market have long been a target of this government, and now the bullseye is expanding. Our plan is to continue to deliver homes and keep taking action. Expanding the speculation tax is just one of the many actions. There are 13 new municipalities on the list. In the interior, it's Kamloops and Salmon Arm. In the Okanagan, Vernon, Coldstream, Penticton, Summerland, Lake Country and Peachland on the list. And the tax will apply on Vancouver Island in Courtney, Comox, Cumberland, Parksville and Qualicum Beach majority of people that we've included are, are very happy with it. Um, and some people express concerns. Those communities are still just trying to grapple with what it will mean to have the tax moving forward.
10: I
0: did not request or anybody who said a will request to be part of the speculation
10: tax, but I am not disappointed.
4: Developments currently underway may now be seen as less lucrative, impacting not just those who want a second home,
10: but want Penticton as their permanent one. If people just say, okay, we won't buy a house, we'll just buy a condo in Penticton, set our roots there, we're going to move there anyway eventually. And now that's going to, you know, that's going to maybe affect that. The
4: speculation tax is currently in place here in Victoria, in Metro Vancouver and in Kelowna. There are areas that are exempt and continue to be, including Whistler, the Gulf Islands and the Sunshine Coast. For the moment though, we are not uh, not going to be moving into resort uh, towns, and, and but that's just for the moment. The tax is 2% on the property's value for those that don't pay taxes here in B.C. And 0.5% for those who do, but have another primary residence. So far, the speculation tax has brought in more than $300 million in revenues. It's majority of the people that pay it are people that, are, that live outside of British Columbia. The impact of all these changes still very much up for speculation. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
0: Keith Baldery joins us now with more on these changes. And, Keith, it might be time for a recap because there have been a lot of legislative changes when it comes to housing yeah. this year. <laughs> You're holding up the pages.
10: Take a, take a look at all these bills. This is just the fall session. You usually don't see this type of legislation associated with the fall. It usually comes in the spring. But this is historic. This is the biggest ever housing initiative from any B.C. government. Here's a reminder, a list of things that this legislation aims to accomplish. First of all, there's those restrictions on short-term rentals that uh, has caused a considerable amount of controversy, requiring housing near transit stations. Uh, Provincial power now over municipal zoning laws. That's controversial. There's restrictions in the Miscellaneous Statutes Bill on moving homeless encampments, curtailing municipal powers there. And the new amenity levies, allowing municipalities to levy them uh, to pay for housing infrastructure. And guess what? It doesn't stop with this. We talked to Housing Minister Ravi Kalan today. He says, get ready, folks. There's more coming in the spring but we have more measures coming. Uh, Some more measures we'll announce in the coming weeks, but also some additional legislation pieces that will come in the new year. Uh, We know that this challenge, this crisis that we're dealing with is, uh, is hitting everyone across British Columbia, and we wanna make sure that we respond in a way that addresses all the challenges that are out there. So again, even though we've got all this legislation, Chris, we still haven't seen the fine print. We haven't seen the regulations, particularly when it comes to short-term rentals. A lot of details, a lot of blanks still have to be filled in. So certainly not over on the housing file over here. No doubt. Okay, thank you, Keith.
2: And the drive to build more housing near transit hubs could have unintended consequences. In order to build those high-rises, many older buildings filled with low- to moderate-income renters will have to be torn down potentially turning those tenants into collateral damage. Alyssa Thibault reports. This is what the
11: province is hoping for more of, high-density housing around transit hubs. But concerns are being raised about new legislation intended to get those homes built.
5: It makes us concerned because of what ha- what has happened around Metro Town, as well as what is happening currently around the Broadway corridor, where there are these profound concerns around displacement, around evictions.
11: Andy Yan analysed the areas which will be impacted by the province's new transit-oriented development plan, forcing municipalities to build up to 20-storey buildings next to Sky Train stations and 12 storeys beside bus exchanges. According to census data, Yan says half of residents already living in the those
5: areas are renters what happens when renters are in these buildings that are going to be rebuilt that what's the transition process what's the responsibility of these landlords
11: our interview was adorably interrupted by a passing school group and Yan says the province also needs to consider families
5: that illustrates actually another type of housing 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 for families of children and this is actually part of the elements
10: that's actually missing in the
5: legislation.
11: The housing minister says he's not concerned about mass evictions.
10: Right now, the TOD policy and the legislation we put in place allows local governments to put um, safeguards in to ensure that tenants that are uh, having to be relocated um, have the supports they need if they want to come back. He
11: points to Vancouver's Broadway plan renter protections as an example of those safeguards.
5: Housing is a human right. Fight, fight, fight. The
11: renter advocates question whether those protections are actually working. What we're seeing in the Broadway corridor,
8: we're definitely seeing a lot more buildings being put up for sale. We have tenants who are reaching out to us with various different tactics that landlords are using when it comes to trying to get rid of them.
11: The proposed legislation does not include demands for affordable housing and Minister Kalon says that can be determined by municipalities. The province estimates this plan will get 100,000 homes built within the next decade. Details are still being finalized and more information is expected in the coming weeks. Alyssa Tebo, Global News.
0: And on this National Day of Housing, an alarming new report says more B.C. seniors are facing the potential for homelessness than ever before. The report commissioned by the United Way of B.C. has found the rising cost of living in recent years Has put major pressure on seniors the majority of whom are on fixed incomes
3: the
12: reason that we created this report was because we were hearing from frontline service providers about the fact that they're seeing more seniors than they've ever seen before who are coming to them and finding themselves on the verge of homelessness in their 60s or 70s
7: part of the group that's really vulnerable is our seniors who rent So about 20% of seniors uh, rent their house. And when you look at that in Kelowna, over 25% are spending over 50% of their income just on rent. So it leaves very little uh, left over for food and rent and their medications.
0: Advocates are calling for immediate government action, including raising the rental subsidy for seniors, which they say hasn't been increased in years.
2: A so-called sovereign citizen gets a lesson in Canadian law.
10: It doesn't matter whether or not you agree. Okay, you're going to do what you're going to do.
2: A driver who refuses to cooperate during a traffic stop runs into what might be the most patient officer in the country. Their exchange next on the News Hour.
13: Intergenerational, you know, living has never been done here.
0: A couple of Kiwi curlers find a new home living among seniors. What they're doing in Canada when it'll be summer back home soon
2: and revealing the name of the new roller coaster at the pne and how it'll feel like you're riding lightning later
0: sounds amazing right now though a traffic stop in chilliwack earlier this month is getting some traction online with the driver claiming his rights were being violated
2: but as cassidy moscone reports both police and lawyers say his argument doesn't hold up
14: november 9 in chilliwack what appears to be a routine traffic stop. Hi there.
10: Hey. License registration, please.
14: Filmed and uploaded to social media.
10: You haven't provided me the documentation. You do have a driver's license, but you're driving with no insurance and wrong number plates. So you are going to be getting a traffic ticket today, and the vehicle is going to be towed. Okay? No, I don't agree to that.
14: What follows is a barrage of defiance.
10: I don't consent to this. You're, you're creating a non consensual security agreement on the side of the road without right. You guys understand that you're breaching my peace, right? You guys are gonna try and criminally harass me into your compliance.
14: A battle of opinions lawyers say won't
1: stack up in court. On the basis of the arguments that were being made in the video, there is no defence to the charge. It has no foundation in any law anywhere in Canada.
9: Driving in B.C., it's a privilege. It's not a right. So, you know, if you don't abide by the rules set forth in the B.C. Motor Vehicle Act and or Criminal Code of Canada, then you could lose those
14: privileges. A group of people who believe they are immune to government's law and order call themselves sovereign citizens.
1: There has been a significant increase in this type of rhetoric ever since the pandemic began. The courts are very not receptive to these types of arguments. There was a recent case out of Prince Rupert, for example, where somebody was sentenced to a period of jail as a result of repeatedly bringing these arguments in court and repeatedly refusing to recognize the authority of the court. Police
14: affirming they will continue to enforce the law.
9: Everybody is uh, equally responsible to follow the laws set forth in those acts. And those laws are there for a reason.
5: They're, they're there to make our highways safer.
14: A message to those who
2: don't agree. Cassidy Moscone Global News. An Alberta couple is speaking out tonight. The victims of vehicle theft. There's a twist though because they didn't have a vehicle stolen.
0: No, instead they bought one that was without knowing it and now they are out their truck and the cash, Tomasia de Silva reports.
15: Cuz we were like we were in shock.
12: It still hasn't sunken in. This truck which was supposed to transport this couple into a brighter future may instead drive them into bankruptcy.
15: We are good people. We work hard for our money.
12: That's why Armenia Casanova and Jan Linares thought long and hard before shelling out more than $48,000 for this 2022 Ram 3500.
15: So the truck, drive around for half an hour. We went to a shop to pay for in, like, inspection to make sure the truck is okay. The inspection went okay, no problem.
12: We checked the VIN number on the Dodge. We checked the bin number by the door. We checked registration, license plate all checked out fine, and to top it all off, the Calgary seller even gave them her plate so they could drive it home to Medicine Hat before the truck was fully paid off.
15: Nobody does that, right? So it's like, that's
12: a good person. Everything was all good until they took the truck into a local dealership. Suddenly, a, a whole bunch of people started running to, towards the truck and looking, opened the engine, and they were like crawling underneath, they were taking pictures. His truck is stolen. We needed to return to the original owner, and they seized my truck. That was July. It's now end of November. And despite Medicine Hat and Calgary Police both investigating...
15: And we don't have neither truck or the money. Calgary Police
12: tell Global News the investigation into this case is still open. However, we were unable to find out if any charges have been or will be laid. As for any money being returned back to the couple, police say that's a civil, not criminal matter
15: caller attorney, a corner an attorney, and the, everything the answer is talk to an attorney. Part stolen truck, it wasn't the
12: whole truck. The couple doesn't know what part the seller played in all of this. They just know they did their homework and were still taken for a life-changing ride. And they hope to get the money. The chances are very, very low. Tomasia De Silva, Global News.
0: Up next, reaction to the sentence for a convicted peeping
1: Tom. It's so disappointing uh, and it borders on appalling.
0: How a man who captured naked pictures of his tenant with a toothbrush cam got a big break from the judge.
2: And a salmon-armed woman survives a bear attack. How she fought back later.
13: Seeing big delays both ways at the north end of the Arthur Lang Bridge and it seems to be getting worse as drivers head to Granville Street to avoid a recently cleared crash northbound on Oak Street at 37th Avenue. Today's Lotto 649 gold ball jackpot is $40 million plus the classic $5 million jackpot, two jackpots on every draw. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center. Angry reaction to
2: a story we brought you last night. The sentence handed to a West Vancouver man who used a hidden camera to capture video of a young woman in his bathroom.
0: As Kristen Robinson reports, critics are particularly outraged over the judge seeming to blame the man's actions in part on a marital intimacy deficit.
16: He hid a camera in an electric toothbrush charger to take nude photos and video of an international student in the bathroom. The West Vancouver man pleaded guilty to voyeurism and was handed a conditional discharge, which means he will avoid a criminal record if he completes 30 months probation. In sentencing the 43-year-old healthcare worker, Judge Joseph Galati told the court he was satisfied it would clearly be in the man's best interest to avoid the stigma of a criminal record and the possible effect it might have on his employment.
1: It's so disappointing and it's completely unacceptable in the 21st century.
16: Angela Marie McDougall says the sentence shows survivors continue to be discounted despite the work Battered Women's Support Services has done within the judiciary.
1: To see the criminal legal system take such uh, uh, accused, centered approach with no consideration for the victim and the chilling effect that this will most certainly have, uh, that it continues to have, and that this particular uh, woman made the decision to come forward. And then we have this appalling sentence.
16: The sentence generating anger online with comments like, this reads like a joke. Seriously? Protecting the perpetrator? This guy is a pervert and a criminal. Our justice system is ridiculous. And how dare a legal official put part of the blame on the wife? The latter in reference to the judge finding a marital intimacy deficit contributed to the offending conduct. The couple now engaged in marital counseling.
4: I guess we can only be better and that's what we're working on.
16: Another female student is now staying at the convicted voyeur's home. When she leaves on January 1st, the man must not have any females outside of his extended family living there during his probation. Once that's complete, There's nothing stopping him from hosting women again.
10: I wonder if the judge has spoken with that student. I wonder if the student is
1: aware of everything that is happening.
16: Languages Canada's members receive 150,000 international students annually, and it says this case may prompt a review of its protection processes. You can
10: hide a camera in a toothbrush now. So how do we adapt to those new conditions? I think it's important.
16: Kristen Robinson, Global News.
10: Coming up, finding community
0: after catastrophe.
17: This particular thing uh, may have been a catalyst uh, to bring our people back together.
0: How the Squilocks First Nation is coming back better than ever from wildfire devastation.
2: And making spirits bright at the Surrey Christmas Bureau. How you can help bring joy to new arrivals to Canada.
13: Good evening and some good news for your commute in both directions on Highway 1 through the Burnaby Lake stretch. Crews recently cleared up some wood debris in the westbound lanes and traffic is pretty much fully recovered through there now. Select Sussex Insurance and make a difference. When you renew your auto plan online, select your neighborhood Sussex Insurance location when prompted and help support Diabetes Canada exclusively at Sussex Insurance. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center.
2: A B.C. First Nation devastated by wildfire says the disaster has made the community stronger. And three months later, some residents are finally being allowed back.
0: As Kylie Stanton shows us, the chief says in the face of such great loss, he's proud of how his nation has
17: responded. Front door was right here.
15: In his mind, he can picture everything exactly as he left it.
17: We went up to uh, seven steps.
15: In reality, this hollowed out foundation of a home is all that remains.
17: It's been a journey.
15: 31 houses were lost when this devastating wildfire ripped through the Squalix First Nation in the North Shuswap. Despite the incredible speed it was moving at, all 350 members of the First Nation made it out alive.
17: Seeing our community burning was, it was heartbreaking. But in our culture, uh, the fire people wanted to dance that day, and they weren't going to be denied. And they came and they took what they needed. It's a test.
15: Now, three months later, the people who call this land home are rising to the challenge. The band office, fire hall, wellness center and townhomes all survived. And those whose homes are still standing returned last week.
17: Oh, it's gone.
15: Others, like Kukbe James Toma, who lost everything, are getting ready to rebuild.
17: We have no choice. After that, we looked, uh, looked for the small victories.
15: But there's a big one, too. With all that's been lost, Thomas says they've gained even more. They're people.
17: Uh, for so long, we weren't a community, a band.
15: He believes as the fire ripped through the land, it erased lines that had been drawn between families for decades.
17: You know, it was uh, really heartwarming to see uh, how my people reacted after. It was uh, something that uh, I was hoping for. And uh, this... This particular thing uh, may have been a catalyst uh, to bring our people back together.
15: If all goes as planned, even more people will be returning by early next year.
17: My living room was right here.
15: Thomas' house will be the last to be rebuilt.
17: I have to put my people in front of me. When the last band member can open a door and close it behind them and say they're home, then I can build mine.
2: Kylie
15: Stanton, Global
2: News. A very close call for a salmon-armed woman attacked by a black bear.
5: The woman was transported to the hospital um, where she, uh, she only had minor injuries, thankfully. So she was treated and has since been released.
2: According to the BC Conservation Officer Service, the 38-year-old victim was jogging on a trail with headphones on when the black bear attacked. She was bitten on the head but fought back and the bear took off once it realized she was human, something Conservation Officer Mike Richardson says is normal behavior.
5: As far as our investigation goes, we are, we are not taking any action on this bear. Um, we concluded it was a, a defensive attack, surprise defensive attack. And the bear, you know, once it realized it was a human, it took off right away. So the woman, like I say, was very lucky and uh, that she sustained only minor injuries.
2: And while the bear won't be put down, warning signs have now been put up in the area. Richardson says the situation is a reminder of just how important it is to always make noise when you're out in wooded areas. Travel in groups if it's possible and always carry bear spray with you.
0: In Health Matters Tonight, Health Canada is lifting a countrywide blood donor ban that was sparked by fears over mad cow disease. The ban has been in place for decades, refusing blood donations from people who lived or traveled in the UK, Ireland or France for long periods of time during the 1980s and 90s. It was initially put in place about concerns that mad cow disease was spread through blood and blood products. But according to Canadian Blood Services, nearly 30 years of research and surveillance has shown that those who previously weren't eligible to donate do not present an increased risk to the blood supply. So the ban will officially be lifted December 4th.
2: Still to come, Kiwi curlers experienced Canadian hospitality.
17: Canada and curling is kind of like New Zealand and rugby.
2: After a cold day at the rink, their warm reception at this Calgary seniors home.
0: And behold, the Thunderbolt. What makes the new ride with a new name at the p so special?
2: The Surrey Christmas Bureau has opened its doors to the, those needing help over the holiday season.
0: The organization says once again, demand is up as more people rely on the Bureau to have at least something under the Christmas tree for their children. Janet Brown reports
8: <laughs> Uno, one from the top. Okay. Anyone you want.
3: Jessica okay. Hurtado came to Canada from Colombia just over a year ago.
8: One medium toy.
3: With her two young children and without the help of the Surrey Christmas Bureau.
8: <laughs> That's very popular.
3: She says there would be no Christmas for her family.
8: It gives me the opportunity to see my kids to be happy and, and, and healthy because sometimes we don't have the opportunity to provide for them. These
12: are some of the items that we need for teens. Some headphones, we've got personal care items,
3: we have drones. The Bureau is expecting an even greater demand this year than last, with over 2,000 families registered for toys and grocery vouchers. Inflationary pressures that we're all seeing at the grocery
12: store are really having an impact. I know uh, you know, rents are high, paychecks are not keeping up with the cost of living.
3: With demand up, the Christmas Bureau couldn't exist without the 300 volunteers who put in a total of roughly 12,000 hours.
9: Everything from setting up the fencing, setting up shelves, um, sorting toys, um, putting them on the shelves...
3: And these grade 11 students from Guilford Park Secondary are volunteering for two days.
16: It's nice as a student to be giving out to other people. Everyone has like children that they want to make happy and every child deserves to like have some, I don't know. Just like a really happy Christmas.
3: We try and make it as organized as possible, as if we are a Toys R Us. The Bureau so, is accepting uh, donations for children and teenagers, as well as money for grocery gift cards. The last thing I ever
12: want to see is to have a family come in and see almost empty shelves and think they're getting the last thing on the shelf.
3: Jessica is heading home to wrap up her haul of gifts, happy to have something to put under the tree for her kids at Christmas. Gracias. <laughs> Janet Brown, Global News. Thank you.
0: Those day, well,
3: Forget our Christmas
2: wish breakfast coming up in that's right. December 13th.
0: Those days are counting down quickly. Mm. All right, we're going to bring Christian for a look at weather now and some beautiful and interesting cloud formations the last few days.
13: Yeah, it's so strange. So we've had the third uh, sort of rare cloud event just spotted yesterday. That was the third in five days. So we had Calvin Helmholtz wave, which is extremely rare. We had lenticular clouds and now this. These are asperitis clouds and they were captured over Qualcomm Beach, but I actually saw them in North Van over my home as well. Jason sharing that photo. And look at this shot from uh, uh, Denman Island. Thanks to Thomas for that. They almost look sort of ominous or stormy, but they actually don't produce any rainfall. And it's actually indicating that the main rain or stormy event has now passed. We don't know exactly how they're created, but we uh, there's a sense that it's in behind, say, a thunderstorm or even a very strong frontal band where we get convection in the atmosphere. And when we get this stratus layer of cloud and convection, you can get a wave-like form like this. Now, you see some sort of wispy bit- bits underneath, and that's generally indicative of, say, windy conditions or winds at different directions in the higher atmosphere causing that sort of wispiness. Clearing sky, you- Yes, we're in behind the main event, as I was mentioning. It is going to be chilly overnight, wind chills across the region and what you see here. A little bit chilly as well across the south coast, dropping down below freezing Friday and Saturday morning. The ridge of high pressure is expected to last for potentially a week with no rain in the forecast, potentially until Wednesday. So there's your forecast for your Thursday, everyone. We will see a few showers across the north coast, but otherwise cold and clear, especially through the overnight. But daytime highs are actually going to be near seasonal for this time of year tons of sunshine as you can see lots to enjoy just make sure you bundle up through the overnight period and uh, we will be enjoying this it looks like through to wednesday all right tonight central windows weather window coming to you from um actually i don't know exactly where it's from but it is a lenticular cloud so after we showed the lenticular explanation not too long ago uh lynn sent us this one because she also saw it all right back to you two cool looks uh spacey
0: yeah Mm -hmm. wow all right, the PE has revealed the name of its new roller coaster, which it says will be the fastest electric launch coaster in Canada.
2: More than three thousand names were suggested in a contest, and ultimately the PNE decided on the name. Thunderbolt. the new coaster will be located at the former site of the retired corkscrew coaster it will carry 12 passengers at a time taking them up a steep incline before an 18 meter drop ride opens next year and will be available first to seasons pass holders contest winners and other vips
0: can't wait to try it okay squire joins us now with a look ahead to sports i've got a name vomit comet
7: <laughs> yeah NASA uses that one for their plane. Uh, Canucks in Colorado tonight, which means two of the best defensemen going head-to-head.
0: You know, you're playing against Kyle McCarr. You know, he's him and Hughes. Like, imagine watching those two guys play tonight.
7: Well, we will. McCarr is three points behind Hughes in overall scoring. The Canucks have to be careful because the Avs have the always dangerous transition game.
0: Okay, thanks very much, Squire. Also tonight, how a couple of Kiwi curlers ended up living at a Calgary seniors home. Will it be a defensive battle?
7: I hope up? not. That wouldn't be fun at all. No, we well, want to see goals. Defensive battles are never fun. You know, once upon a time, the good citizens of Canucks nation feared the Colorado avalanche, but not anymore. Now, a game against Colorado is circled on the calendar. Tonight, Vancouver and the avalanche will face each other in Denver. This year, they are two teams that can score. Two teams with superstar defensemen, Quinn Hughes, leading scorer in the NHL coming into tonight, and Cale McCarr just three points behind. But McCarr has been on the tear. 16 points in his last seven games. Everybody around the NHL is jacked up for this one.
0: Yeah, I, I, even this year, just some of the teams we've played, uh, you see players excited playing these type of teams. You know, you're playing against Santa Cup champion team a couple years ago. Um, you know, you're playing against Kyle McCarr. You know, he's him and Hughes. Like, imagine watching those two guys play tonight. You know, McKinnon, um, you know, great players, great team, uh, great building a plan. So it's, it's a good test for us tonight.
7: Chilliwack, Zach Benson's first ever NHL goal. Oh, in style, between the legs, up top. That's the way to do it. You'll never forget that one, and neither will anybody else. But Buffalo still lost the game 4-3 in overtime to Washington. Oh, you want me to be over here? Okay, I'll stand over here. Apparently the days of Canada's men's soccer team disappointing us did not end with the World Cup. Last night, Canada allowed three second-half goals to Jamaica and we were knocked out of CONCACAF Nations League in the quarterfinals. It was the bad old days all over again. And afterwards, Canadian keeper Milian Bourian told one soccer who did the broadcast that Canada got a bit too cocky. This wasn't us,
5: second half, we came too easy, thinking that we, that everything's gonna be easy, they are, they came very hard and, you know, to have players like that and to do something like this, it's it's not acceptable. Uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very angry. As a captain, I'm sorry to the nations that, uh, that we didn't go to the semis, well, we got another chance in, uh, in March for the Copa America and we'll try to do everything, bounce back and, uh, and try to, to make our na- nation happy.
7: Yeah, Canada plays Trinidad and Tobago in that game to try and get into Copa America in March, next March. The UBC Thunderbirds are in Kingston, Ontario for this Saturday's Vanier Cup. UBC was last in the championship game in 2015. They won it that year, beating the University of Montreal, the same team they'll play on Saturday
5: with all due respect I think Montreal's going to be the toughest opponent we, we face this year well-coached uh tremendous athletes play the game with with an urgency that other teams just can't match
10: the respect for the Montreal cataban is deserved. Montreal didn't just run through their competition and make it to the Vanier Cup. they mowed them down. Last weekend Montreal knocked off number one ranked Western Mustangs in a dominating performance forcing nine turnovers in three playoff games the catabin have yet to give up a touchdown while allowing a ground total of just 12 points.
5: I'm not I'm not playing the underdog at all Jay like we I, I don't believe in that. Um, we're a very good football team. We're probably just going to be playing the the, the best team, or, or you know, one of the best teams. But this is a very good football team, and, and we've we've got to be able to come in there and uh, prove that we are as well. For the first time since 1990.
10: Incidentally, UBC's last Vanier Cup appearance and championship victory came against Montreal. Thunderbirds coach Blake Nil making history that day, becoming the only coach in U Sports history to win a Vanier Cup championship with more than one team. He'd like nothing more than to add a third Vanier Cup for a multitude of reasons.
5: I was, I was the lucky recipient of Coach Sean Olson's hard work. You know, I had a lot of players that Coach Olson had bought in that I coached against, actually, and and the chemistry that we had with that group, it was just unexplainable that we were almost like a veteran unit together when we had only been together three or four months. This this team here, I've they they're young men I brought in. Two, three, four, even five years ago, we've gone through COVID together. We've we've seen them develop physically together, um, so they're they're much more. I think like like uh, you know they're all I've ever known, and I'm the only coach they've had at the university level. So it's you it's different in that aspect.
7: All right. Well, hopefully UBC can beat Montreal again. There you go.
0: Wish him luck this weekend for sure. Thanks, Squire.
2: Up next, the Kiwi curlers chasing winter and how they found new fans at a Calgary seniors home.
0: Jordan Armstrong is standing by in the newsroom with a preview of what's coming up on Global News at 11 tonight. Jordan.
9: Chris, a former Canucks prospect is facing a serious criminal charge. Surrey RCMP say Prab Rye was arrested yesterday and charged with fraud, allegedly involving millions of dollars in a real estate investment scheme. Rye was drafted by the Canucks in 2008, but a car accident two years later derailed his hockey dreams. We'll have more at 11. Plus, the cat that came back, not the very next day, but after six and a half months. Chris?
0: Amazing. All right, thanks very much, Jordan.
2: New Zealand is better known for rugby than curling, but a couple of Kiwi curlers came to the right place to learn more about Canada's other frozen sports.
0: As Gil Tucker shows us, members of the Kiwi National Curling Team are in Calgary honing their skills and finding new friends at the place they call home.
9: Anton Hood has come a long way to hit the ice at the Calgary Curling Club. And so has Brett Sargon, both of the members of New Zealand's national men's curling team. Spending six months training here.
17: Canada in curling is kind of like New Zealand in rugby. It's obviously
7: one of the superpowers in world
9: curling. Also using their time in Calgary to polish their skills in another game. At the Colonel Belcher Seniors Home, we
10: enjoy you guys so much.
9: Settling into their apartment units here, getting to know their fellow residents.
4: It's really nice connecting with a different generation, and you hear a lot of stories
9: and you get a lot of wisdom.
12: It makes us feel so young to have them here. They join
13: in with us, and it feels almost like you're oh, your own yeah. child.
9: Anton and Brett getting a special invitation from a staff member who heard they were looking for a place to stay.
13: I'm a curler myself, so I love the sport.
9: Having the Kiwi curlers move in might have seemed like an unusual fit.
13: We've never hosted curlers or really any intergenerational, you know, living has never been done here, so it was new. The residents here are so welcoming and kind, and I knew that they loved curling, so it would be a really good fit.
9: Also finding a good fit at the curling club. A great opportunity for us just back from a bond spiel in Nanaimo this past weekend. We're third ranked. The seniors enjoying cheering them on.
6: I think
17: it's very exciting. Um, you can have hammer. How about that?
12: I'm so glad they chose Calgary to come and better their skills. That New Zealand team is going to go somewhere one day. Oh. Maybe you'll
13: just stay in Canada.
12: Yeah, well,
17: you never know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice yeah, and stay
13: they? living here. Yeah.
9: <laughs> Gil Tucker, Global News.
2: Now they have a whole new fan
0: club. That's right. Mm -hmm. Wish uh, them good luck on their travels. Okay, uh, last word on weather before we go.
13: Well, we've got lots of sunshine in store for us, which is great. Bundle up and you'll need to give yourself a little bit of extra time to probably scrape the windshield over the next several days, but enjoy seasonal values, daytime highs of about 7 or 8 degrees.
0: Well, happy Thanksgiving to our American visitors. We know we'll get a few of them over the next few days. You're Perfect weather.
2: Enjoy your turkey. hmm <laughs> Have a good night, all.
0: Thanks for watching, everyone.